Hebrews chapter 11 speaks of faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians in the 4th chapter in the 18th verse, he says, while we look not to things which are seen, but to things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Everybody say temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Finally, I'll take you to our text tonight, and it's very simple and one that you could all quote. In 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, in verse number 7, the same apostle writing to the same church just a few verses later. And he says, for we walk by faith. Everybody say we walk by faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, help us tonight to speak what you have laid upon our heart. I pray right now for every mind to be open to the word of the Lord. God, that you would perform the purpose for which you're sending your word tonight into every person. Let your spirit take over in this room right now by the name of the Lord and move upon every one of us. Increase our faith and elevate our thoughts and our, our Lord, our vision and help us to see you in a fresh and a new way. And we thank you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, let everyone say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The history of the world's progress is a history of the triumphs of faith. Faith does the most unwarranted things. Faith sings in prison. Faith fights while we are still in chains. Faith works without tools. You may put men of faith into prison, but at midnight, you're going to hear Paul and Silas singing and praising God. Sight sings in the morning when it has escaped from prison, but faith, faith sings at night while still in prison. You may put the man of faith into the dungeon and bind him with chains, but there without a sword, without a carnal weapon in his hand, he will still fight a fight and he will still win the victory because faith always wins. Faith is always more powerful than sight. That's why that we have had to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. I've got a little echo going on the platform here if I could get a little help. Put the man of faith into circumstances devoid of all forces upon which the man of sight depends. 
and he will begin to work in the far reaches of history, we will discover that his work is that which is eternal. For it is faith that works toward the eternal. And it is sight that works toward the temporal. If I could compare the two tonight and help us to understand that living our life, that if we can learn to walk by faith, we will walk toward things that are eternal. And we will put less focus on things that are temporal. The literature of the prison is the most wonderful. The great prophecy of failure and tears breaks out in the sweetest music when Jeremiah sings in the prison cell. Find the central message of hope and they are messages which are written while he was yet still in the dungeon. The clearest and the most visions of God ever granted to ancient people came to the man by the name Ezekiel when he was taken by exile by the enemy and by the river of Chabar, the Lord gave him a great vision. The greatest of epistles in the New Testament were written by a man who was in prison. Though you take a fisherman from the Galilean Sea and banish him to the Isle of Patmos, there he sees through the mists and through the mysteries to the light and the glory of the end time and the return of the Lord. It is all part of faith's response to a prison. I see a hope at the end that is greater than the struggle that I am in. I want to preach to somebody tonight that what God has for your future is greater than your past. I want to preach to somebody tonight that what you're going through is not as great as where God is trying to take you to. I feel my help tonight. I want to preach to somebody tonight and tell you if you'll lift your eyes beyond what you are seeing today and you'll elevate your vision, God is wanting to take you somewhere by faith that you will never be able to go by sight. If you'll let go of sight and grasp on to vision, I got a feeling tonight that God is going to take this church somewhere. I find it amazing. God created us so that we can see farther than what we can reach. Do you ever find that interesting? You can't reach as far as you can see. That's why vision is so very important. People who lack faith struggle with preaching a vision. They struggle with casting vision. They struggle in living out vision because vision is beyond our reach. What is within your grasp does not require faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for 
and the evidence of things that cannot even be seen. In other words, faith is reaching beyond what you're able to see or beyond what you're able to grasp and yet you can believe God for what you cannot any way figure out how or when or where no way possible but I choose to walk by faith and not by sight therefore I will believe that while I am sick and I don't have a remedy that I can still be healed Our faith and our vision must be greater than our present capabilities. If you can reach it, if it's tangible, don't claim it to be faith. Well, I got faith that God's just going to allow us just to, oh no, you don't have faith. Faith is when you can speak to to things that do not exist and say, I'm believing God for something that is impossible. I believe in God for something that is out of our reach. Can I just tie into where we are tonight in possessing our promise? A little old church sitting in Frankfort, Indiana. And when I first uh, began casting vision and people weren't sure where we were going to go or what we were going to do, but we saw growth coming. And look around you tonight and the place is pretty full and the parking lot is pretty full and, and, and we're thanking God for where we are and where we're going. And I had somebody come to me and they said, man, that's a pretty lofty vision. Not anybody in our church, but somebody from somewhere else came to to me and he said man that's a pretty lofty vision that's a I, I, I just don't believe you're going to ever see it come to pass and I didn't say anything I just smiled and nodded and I said I know it I'm crazy aren't I our church has just got crazy faith it's alright go ahead and think what you want to about me and about church about our church but I know a God And I know a people that look beyond what we're able to grasp and look beyond what we're able to touch and we're going to see it come to pass. That's right. When the music team sings that song, we're going to see what we're praying for. We're going to see the impossible. Hey, that's right down my alley of what I want to preach to somebody tonight because God will do what none of us are ever able to do because the power of the name of Jesus can take an army and peel it down to 300 people and go whip an army that looks like they cover the entire hillside because if God be for us who can be against us this is what I think about faith and vision and this isn't just for me as a pastor or us for a church But this is for our family, for our home, and for every person in this room. We ought to have faith, a faith-filled vision that we may never live to see come to pass. We ought to be believing God for things that if we see it in our lifetime, it's going to be a miracle. But I'm still going to believe God for it. I've got a mother that passed away believing that God was going to save her children, that she didn't live to see come to pass. Some of you can testify. Some of you are a witness of some things in your life that a grandma or a mom or a dad prayed for, and they prayed it and believed God and thanked God for it, yet they never saw it come to pass. But tonight, sitting in this room, I'm not going to come tap you on your shoulder, but there's some in this room tonight that you are a product of grandma's prayer, and you know that it was grandma praying, and 
grandma going on to be with the Lord still clinging to faith saying I believe my son's going to be saved I believe my daughter's going to be saved I believe my loved one's going to be saved and they went to the grave with faith believing that God was going to perform the impossible I wish that spirit would get on some of us and we would start believing God for things that we may never live to see come to pass but it's going to come to pass. Thursday night, we were down at Mark Conference in Indianapolis. Brother Brian Kinsey was preaching. He said, when I was a young man, a real young man, he said, Brother Urshan said that Brother Witherspoon, and those of you that study church history, Brother Witherspoon is one of the old elders, long, long gone, far beyond my time. He said, Brother Witherspoon, before he died, told Brother Urshan, we're going to see the greatest revival. You are going to see a revival that I'm not going to live to see, but you're going to see the greatest revival that the church has ever experienced. Not too long before Brother Urshan's death, he spoke to Brother Brian Kinsey. Brother Kinsey shared this story Thursday night. He said, before Brother Urshan died, he spoke to me. And he said, I'd heard Brother Urshan tell the story about Brother Witherspoon speaking to him. And he said, Brother Urshan spoke to me and said, Brother Kinsey, God is going to send a revival to the church. You are going to see what I'm never going to live to see. But God is going to send a great revival to the church. He said Brother Urshan saw a revival that Brother Witherspoon prayed for and believed God for, but never lived to experience it. And Brother Urshan never lived to experience the revival that Brother Kinsey was able to live. He said, now that my hair is gray and I'm an old man, he said, I prophesy to some of the young men that are in this room that you're going to see a revival that I'm never going to live to see. That's what I'm preaching about tonight. That some of us need to get a hold of some faith that says I may not live to see it, but I believe that it's going to come to pass. I believe that God's going to save my family. I believe that God's going to do what I'm praying for. Somebody give the Lord praise tonight. We need to have a faith and a vision so large that we know we'll never be able to accomplish it in our lifetime. Faith is seeing and believing for things that we cannot see with our natural eyes, yet maintaining the belief of its possibilities. I know I can't do it, but I know God can. In other words, you are seeing the invisible as though it already has come to pass. The writer spoke in, in prophetic anticipation in the scripture because he was moved on by the Holy Ghost. And he wrote about Calvary things that had not yet come to pass as though they had already come to pass. Isaiah wrote, For unto us a child is born. But he wasn't going to be born for 535 more years. Unto us, a son is given. And he goes on prophesying about the birth of Christ. 
he was so confident that Jesus Christ was going to be born. And knowing that he would never live to see the day, he prophesied what had not yet happened as though it already had come to pass. I propose to some of us tonight that our speech changes. Because some of us claim to have faith, but our vocabulary betrays us. But I submit to you tonight, when we can begin to speak about things that are not within our reach and not within our grasp, but we start going to God in prayer and believing by faith and start speaking a word of faith to somebody and start talking about when that person that they say will never be safe, when they get in the church, not if, not maybe, when my lost family that the world has given up on gets right with God, when the backslider comes home, when the hundred soul revival happens at Christian Life Church, when the new building we're building will not fit the revival that God is wanting to send the church. I'm talking about changing our vocabulary and speaking what has not yet happened as though it already has. Begin to believe God. Hey, I may be broke today, but I'm not going to talk about that. As soon as God provides and I'm back on my feet, I'm going to perform what God has called me to do. Faith is seeing and believing for things we cannot see with our natural eye, yet maintaining the belief that it is possible. In other words, you are seeing the invisible as though it already is. It's invisible, but it exists. Not an oxymoron. It is called faith. In prison, I see the release. In sorrow, I speak of joy. In pain, I speak of healing. In battle, I speak of victory. But you can only see them through eyes of faith. I wish tonight I could preach some of us into elevated faith. I wish some of us could raise our eyes beyond seeing what is around us. There's enough people that can walk around and say, it's cold, it's hot. Hey, we can all tell that, Captain Obvious. How about getting some faith and start talking about what God is about to do? Talk about what God is going to do in our future. Talk about the unsaved that's going to be saved. Talk about the revival that you cannot see coming to pass as though it's already happened. But in order to see the invisible, it requires faith. Things that are visible in the natural or temporal. Things that are invisible in the natural can only be seen when we look through eyes of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everybody say not seen. Everything that God has for you will come to you by faith. Do you understand that? Nothing that God has for you is going to come through the natural. It will all come by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is the roll call of faith. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Well, I need to understand it all through faith. I understand it. 
so that the things which were not seen were made of things which do not appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house. By by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into the place that he should go, received for an inheritance, obeyed, and went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. Oh, I could stop there and preach. Because some of us need to learn to, by faith, live in the land. I believe this is what God's going to do. Then we go back. Can I connect in this morning? We come to church on Sunday night, get hyped up, and go back and live in Jericho on Monday. But some of us need to get our faith elevated and we walk out and say, no, no, no. Brother, brother um, Bolinger reminded me this morning when the Lord spoke and he said that the Lord spoke to, to, um, to the blind man that he healed just outside of Jericho. How many of you are here this morning? All right, I'm just going to finish this message for you. The rest of the people are not going to know what I'm preaching about. But when the Lord spoke to the blind man, I closed with this this morning, that when the Lord spoke to the blind man that he healed just outside of Jericho because he couldn't do the healing in Jericho, he did it just outside of Jericho Jericho was a cursed place and so the Lord waited until he got outside of Jericho he went to a place of faith and there he heals the blind man and then he tells the blind man go your way and then the Bible says and I didn't close with this this morning but I should have Brother Bolinger reminded me in the hall this morning he said the Bible says that right after Jesus said go your way the scripture said and he followed Jesus I wish somebody could get the faith tonight to walk outside of Jericho. Let your miracle happen. Begin to believe God for it. Begin to talk to God about it and say, I'm not going back to where I was, but I'm going to follow Jesus to wherever he wants to take me to by faith. Somebody shout by faith. You can't even believe him without faith. You can't be saved without faith. I'm amazed at how many people claim to be saved but don't have enough faith to be able to believe that a dog can get wet. God is not happy unless His people have faith. The only way that you can see through spiritual eyes is that we must be looking by faith. Your spiritual eyesight is developed. Let me help, let me help somebody with this. Here's what I want to, if, if, I normally don't say this, but if I get out of line with my theology, with what you guys are doing in children's ministry, be sure to remind me tonight, I know you will. But when a child is born, they say that a child is born without eyesight. The potential for eyesight is there. But they do not see. That's why you can wave your hands in front of a, in front of a baby. And it takes a few days for their eyesight to develop. Let, let me help some of you. You ever, you, ever had, you ever had puppies or kittens? I don't know about kittens, but I know about puppies never been a cat person, but I, I have been a dog person. 
And when I was a kid, we had dogs, and those puppies are born, and they're blind as bats. Or maybe I should say they're blind as puppies. They can't see. They just have to learn to trust the mother. And instinct tells them when it's time to nurse and what should happen. And there is a process that happens by which their eyes literally began to open. I believe that spiritual eyes through faith is not something that you show up on Sunday and bang, God opens spiritual eyes. This is why some people never move to a place of faith because they spend their whole life in unbelief with spiritual eyes that are veiled. They walk around and you can look them in the eye and it looks like they look the part. It appears that they're seeing through eyes of faith, but there is no spiritual vision because they never developed the faith to be able to see with spiritual eyes. I appreciate our children's ministry. We ought to give them a great big hand. Boot camp is a big success. Prayer boot camp. You guys like prayer boot camp? Is it good? You learning anything? I saw you worshiping up here tonight, praising God. Wow. Awesome. Soldiers in God's army. Let me explain to you. They're not out of line with what they're teaching these children. But what they're doing is they're teaching these children how to look, how to develop spiritual eyes to be able to see in the spirit realm, to be able to believe God for things that you and I struggle with believing. But because they live in a perfect world and they believe that God can do anything, and, the, and life has not gotten a hold of them and ruined them and ruined their faith and torn them down. And they don't know what disappointment in people and things not coming to pass. And so they believe with all of their heart and miracles happen and God does it. Somebody said something the other day about you, Gentry. They were bragging on you. I'm proud of you. You're doing awesome. You're doing good. Somebody said the other day, man, I love to see that kid pray. I love it when he lays hands on people, praying for people. You know why? Because you have, you have eyesight in the spirit. You have faith to believe that when you pray, Pray that God is going to answer your prayer. Is that right? You just believe you expect that, right? I mean, it's just it, it's just going to happen. Some of us pray and then think, man, they need to hurry up and get to the doctor. But but when Gentry prays, he prays and just okay, God, uh, you're about to answer. See, here's the difference: we are developing eyesight. It's not you're not too old to develop eyesight. I'm talking about spiritual eyesight. I'm talking about faith to begin to believe that God can do anything. We need to develop that in our life. Don't continue to be a baby, but grow up in God where our faith, eyesight is able to look beyond the circumstances and say, but my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Here's the issue. When we're eating up with the natural, the natural man cannot discern the things of the Spirit for they appear foolish to him. Am I in the Word of God? 
because they can only be seen by faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, if you want scripture and verse for that. We need to get our eyes off of what is going wrong in life and begin to look at the possibilities. Huh. It's not good here. I wonder what God's about to do. I believe he's about to deliver me. I'm not worth much, but I was worth dying for. I'm not worth much, but I was worth saving. I, I, I'm not worth much, but you know what? I'm going to believe that God is able to do the impossible. I may be impoverished, but God is going to bring me out. I wish somebody tonight could get enough faith to begin to see your health better than what it has been. See your finances blessed. To see your family come into the Lord, knowing that God is working everything for your good. Let me speak to somebody tonight. Why don't you start living in the land of promise and start believing and living like God has already performed it and done it in your life don't come and claim that God's given you words and you've received it and you've been blessed and God's doing all these things in your life and then you're going out running with the wrong crowd you, you go back living you go back living in Jericho you go back you, you, your, your natural life is all caught up in all these things that's why that the church has to live separated from the world there's people we have to disconnect from and separate from you're telling me pastor that people that's right people that we have to disconnect from and separate from and the reason is is because they will pull us back out of our place of faith anybody know what I'm talking about you ever get around some people and they just absolutely zap all the energy and all the strength and, you know, you go in feeling pretty good and leave? It amazes me. My wife and I go do hospital visits and it amazes me when we go into the hospital and some people, we walk in and we're tired, we're weary, we've been busy, we go in and it's usually after hours but the time we get there, we're late. One of the nurses this week was laughing. We're always the late people. Here comes the last, the last crew for the day. They, they know us by, for being late. You know, after hours, come in through the emergency room. Come in and ask for special permission to get in to see the patients. But it amazes me when we get into the hospital. When you go in to see some of God's people. And you walk in, you're tired, you're weary. Well, i got to go in here and speak a positive word. I'm going to speak an encouraging word. And you go in and you leave more encouraged than what you, what you went into the room. Because there, there is, there's some people that just have it. They just, they have the ability, to, the ability to, to be going through tr tests and trials, but yet their words will encourage somebody that's supposed to be encouraging them. There are those that you try to encourage, and every day you're trying to encourage, and every day you're trying to lift up. But there are some that are just so encouraging that they just always speak an encouraging word. You go in weak and tired to pray for them or visit them or encourage them, and you leave more encouraged than you went in. I thank God for people who have, who have spiritual eyes and have enough faith to know I may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. His rod and staff comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. It is in them and they can't help it. It is like a well springing up. 
I got to wrap this up tonight. I believe that God is calling us to get our eyes off of the visible and begin the tangible and begin to see through eyes of faith. Is there somebody here tonight that can believe God for souls that, that nobody else can believe for? Is there somebody tonight that can have the faith to believe God for a revival that just seems crazy to everybody else, but I'm believing that it's possible? Is there anybody in the house that, can, that, that believes God so much that you'll go ahead and start preparing? Go ahead and prepare. Because when the Lord got ready to turn the water to wine, you know what he said? He said, uh, give me some vessels. He said, uh, this all you got? Then what I need you to do? Go and borrow. Go and borrow vessels. And as many as you borrow, borrow all that you can get and bring them back. You know the only limiting factor to the miracle of the water to wine was the number of vessels that they could borrow. Because if you borrow 10, they're going to be filled. But if you borrow 100, they're going to be filled too. You want to know how much is going to be left over at the end of all of it? It depends on how many vessels that you borrow. How much faith do you have? How many people, let me ask you this, how many people can you go witness to and bring to church? How many people can you get here next Sunday night and declare, I need you here to church on Sunday night because God is going to, to perform a miracle. Let me tell you what next Sunday night is depending on, the number of vessels that you can bring in because God is going to begin to pour out. He's going to begin to do a work. It depends on you. How much faith do you have? Well, I won't bring them because they're really bad sick. Bring them. God may heal them. Revival comes, stand with me. Revival comes to a prepared place and to a prepared people. Does anybody in this house tonight want to begin to see through eyes of faith? I see our altars filled while they're empty. I see the waters of baptism being stirred. I see new ministries that have not yet been born being birthed. I see families that we've never met worshiping with us. I see, I see empty chairs in the new building filled with people. Faces that I can't see. Come on, does anybody in the house see it? Does anybody in the house see it? Does anybody see it with me through eyes of faith tonight? Somebody's family that's lost is going to be saved. Come on, anybody have a special need tonight? You just want to lift a hand and say, I got a family member that is desperate and Desperate, come on, lift your hand. Have the faith to believe it's a desperate situation. They need saved, they need saved hands all over the building. In the name of Jesus, if somebody next to you is holding a hand up, hey, why don't you just stand to where you are, lay a hand on them, and begin to be a point of contact and faith, believing that God is going to do it. The backsliders coming home, the, the lost is going to be found. See somebody receiving their healing. Look through eyes of faith. 
them healed. See them saved. Don't see it the way it is. See it the way that God wants it to be. Come on, pray the prayer of faith over them. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Come on, lift up your hearts in prayer. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. I just feel like opening these altars right now. Somebody in this room that really knows I need some faith. I need a faith encouragement tonight. I need I need infused with faith tonight. I feel the, the I, sp- I feel the spirit of faith in the house tonight. If you need faith in your spirit tonight, that's it. Just respond without being begged. Come on, right here to the front. I need some of you folks with powerful faith to come and give a faith infusion by the word of God tonight. Pray the word of God over these that are moving forward. Forward tonight by faith. God is able. God is able. Come on, that's it. Let's respond to what God is doing right now. Come lay hands on somebody that came forward early. Let's pray over them by faith. Let God perform the miraculous in their life. Increase their faith tonight. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.